episode 161 of the Parkrun Adventures is here for you now and joining us for the second week in a row because I loved having her here last week is Lyndall Murray. G'day Scotty. Welcome back as my co-host. Well thank you for having me. I've got to ask what has been the feedback for you? I know what the feedback's been in the in the in the socials and in the wider world but uh, your friends and family or your parkrun confidence what's been the feedback? Oh, pretty positive. Um, my husband has only listened to half of it. I have to admit he didn't get to the other half. So, um, But he was very proud of me and thought it was very entertaining. Um, and some of my parkrun friends have also contacted me and said that they love it, um, that they think I'm a natural. Um, one of the women has never, ever listened to the podcast and she tuned in just to see how I went. So that oh, I thought great. that was lovely. Yeah, we might win a few more um, regular listeners for you, Scotty. This is good. So this is the real test. Will she listen this week? I reckon she will. Yeah? Yeah. Great. It's the Lindell. But we couldn't convert your husband. So your husband's a cyclist, which you just confided to me off air. Yes. He is not an avid park runner. Yep. Which is, which is fine. I've got to, I've got to accept it. Um, but he could make it through the whole way through. Too busy or... Too busy. Okay, good. Too busy. It's, it's, yeah, yeah, you know, just too busy. He's committed. He, he will get back to the other part of it, I'm sure. So, okay, good. yeah. Good. Now, I'm guessing then he didn't go with you to New Farm Park Run, which I hope you still managed to get to on Saturday. I did. I did. Um, I did get to New Farm. I was running a bit late, so I missed the briefing. Luckily, I've been there before and know where it goes. Um, I started talking to a uh, another local there who... When he realised I was from Bunyaville, told me I could, in no uncertain terms, that I could keep Bunyaville. He hated <laughs> Bunyaville. It was too hard. And he was very happy at New Farm. So that was a nice welcome to New Farm for me. Mm. Did he use the word hate? <laughs> Hate's such a strong he word. He did use the oh, word hate. Mate. <laughs> Steady on. It's a park run. What's to hate? Yeah, I know. I've been to a few courses where I've gone, oh, I probably won't come back here in a hurry, but yeah, hate. Anyway. Anyway, each to their own, and that's okay. He was lovely. He was happy, and he was lovely. He, you know, he didn't throw anything at me or anything. He just said he hated Bunyaville. So, you know, each to their own. Well, he was happy because he was at nice and flat and new farm. Yes, he was. So, did it mean you ran super fast? Did you get a PB? I did not get a PB, but um, I've been running a bit with one of my friends, Cherie. We're on a bit of a comeback trail together, and. She runs a little bit more fast than me naturally, um, but I'm a little bit more consistent, so we push each other nicely. We run further and faster together, so we've been we've done a couple of runs together. We did New Farm, and um, we did a time that we were both pretty happy with. Good, good. Yeah. Baby steps, making progress. Baby steps. That's it. That's all you've got to do. And we had the coach on last week, and... Um, Peel back the curtain. He's my coach as well, so I had a longer chat with him um, about my running and his his advice to me: just baby steps. I've got to do for me to get back into shape. I've got to do four weeks of just easy running. Don't worry about all the fancy mm-hmm. fast stuff. Don't worry about looking at my distance, looking at my pace. Just do four weeks of consistent running, and then you can worry about all the other stuff. Well, that sounds like, what's consistent mean? Is that every day or every second day? Well, yes, that's, that's all relative too, isn't it? So my coach would say every day. He was a streaker. Um, but I think four days, I think four days a week is, is good. Three to four 
is what I'm aiming for. All right. What I'm aiming for. Maybe I should aim for that with you, Scotty. Come along for the journey. Four weeks. This is week one. Four weeks, this is week four one. days. Yep. What day is it? <laughs> it's Wednesday. It's my least favourite day of the week. <laughs> it's hump day, Scotty. How can hump day be your least favourite day? Oh, I'll tell you one day. I'll tell you one day. Okay. Yep. All right. Uh, <laughs> but I started on my plan on Saturday at Rosebud Park Run. I headed down there, as I said I would, and yes, I did a similar thing you? to you. I called up my mate Barney, and um, he, he was in for a road trip, so we rode, drove down to Rosebud, and we just took it easy. I took it easy, just enjoying the views. Rosebud's out and back, out and back, so you run half of it on these boardwalks, which in winter I can imagine will be a bit slippery, um, so there's no point running fast because you just have a potential for injury, so I didn't. I was sensible, Scott, and just uh, enjoyed the view, had a good chat with Barney. But the thing is with Barney, so talking about coming back, making comebacks in running, Barney had surgery a couple of weeks ago. He like he went into the hospital, they cut stuff out and like a proper proper surgery. So he's on the comeback trail too. Yeah, right. But he can't help himself because he was feeling good. And so as we get closer to the finish, he decides to put a bit of effort in. So he tries to get under get under 25 minutes or whatever we were running at the end. I let him go because, again, I'm Sensible Scott this week. Sensible Scotty. I let him go and uh, he finished ahead of me and he was all proud of himself. I go have a chat to a few people, come back, and there's Barney limping. Oh. And <laughs> I had to tell him off like he was my, he was my son, like he was a, my 12-year-old son. <laughs> Saying you know you know what you've done wrong, you knew what you did wrong as soon as you you took off, but he just can't help himself. He um he was feeling good, so he thought he'd stretch it out. So it was a good life lesson. Oh, it was a good life lesson. So, well, take the advice of a coach yes. is sounding better and yeah. better. And when you're coming back into running, just be sensible about it. Never going to reach the dizzy heights that <laughs> uh, you once were, particularly in my advanced age and in Barney's even more advanced age. You um. You need to be sensible. Good point. Good advice. We had a really social morning as well at Rosebud. So sometimes, Lyndall, I've got a confession, we don't always go to the post-park run coffee. Right. You look for other alternatives. We, we do look for other alternatives from time to time. Um, but sometimes I think when you're a tourist, see, I'm probably saying all the wrong things. Sometimes you're a tourist and if you don't connect with anybody at the run, um, sometimes you feel a bit awkward just rocking up to the cafe hoping to make new friends. I'm sure maybe that's just me, um, but I don't know. This this time we did and uh, we went to the cafe. It might have been motivated by uh, free coffee. Yes, that's always a good uh, pull. <laughs> yeah, we went back to the um, cafe, had a chat to some locals, uh, had a chat to some adventurers who were down there for the day. Uh, Nadine, who was the event director, she she joined us, so it was um it was half an hour. It was a quick coffee and chat, but it really topped off the park run morning and reminded me that I got to, I got to do a bit more than that. I think I've let that go. Been a bit slack. Yeah. On social Scott. Right. So I need to combine social Scott with sensible Scott, and um, we should be we should have a happy Scott in a couple of weeks time. I think that sounds like a winning plan. Okay, it's time to round out our trifecta of regulars. 
So we're welcoming back one of our faves, the amazing Robbo this week. Welcome back, Robbo. Oh, g'day, guys. Great to be back on. Now, as well as being amazing, which you've self-titled yourself, <laughs> you're also the frustrated Robbo at the moment. So where do we where do we start? Oh. Tell us why you're the frustrated Robbo. Well, I mean, it's timely that we've got Lyndall on the show this week as, as our stand-in host because... Uh, we share a bit of common ground, Lyndall and I, and I'm sure all your listeners will have experienced this. This is the frustration of the parkrun tourist when you you pick out an event, you're going to be somewhere in the world or in Australia, and uh, you pick out a parkrun event, you think, great, I'm, my life has led me to being in that place on that day. This is going to be fantastic. I'll tick off a new event. It'll be great for my, my most events numbers. Uh, but more importantly, if it's, say it's an international event, you know, it's a huge opportunity to, to add something to your your parkrun log and uh, and then to only have it taken away due to logistics, timing and the nature of, uh, of, the, of the event that you're actually there for in the first place, be it a wedding or, uh, in our case, uh, possibly a sporting event, triathlons that uh, Linda and I are, are involved in. So, yeah, there's a, there's a frustration there and I... I um, I've had to sort of counsel myself a little bit lately, Scotty, to tell myself, no, no, it's okay. The world will, will, will carry on. Oh, only just so, Robbo. <laughs> it was tough. It was, I wrestled, I really wrestled with it. The, the, the um, most recent one, Lyndall, was a, yeah, an event in, uh, in Yokohama. So six weeks after the first ever Japanese parkrun was launched in Tokyo, there I was a mere 20 kilometres to the south of that park run and uh, unfortunately, yeah, the, the, the paratriathlon race, I was over there helping um, my, my athlete that I, that I work with, Lauren Parker, just happened to clash with it. So that wasn't to be. And then she's got another race coming up in Canada, Montreal. I've never been to Canada. Great opportunity. I look it up. Yep, there's a park run smack bang in the middle of Montreal. Uh, she races on a Friday. So I'm thinking, great, I can get this park run finally ticked. And then I'm booked on a flight home on Friday afternoon. So it's it's been scuppered once again. Oh, Robbo, I remember you and I finding each other at the uh, Commonwealth Games, I think it was, on the Saturday morning. Same yep. deal, the Paratrath yep. on Saturday morning. And we were literally throwing distance from Main Beach. We were. I think we, we, we shared an embrace and we had a tear in our eye. We were... We were consoling each other. It was it was heartbreaking. We were there, obviously, for another exciting event, but it's always tough. So, I mean, yeah, there's the <clears throat> there's not only the fact that you're missing out on, say, a new park run, but yeah, even just missing out on getting your barcode scanned or, or volunteering on a Saturday just doesn't feel right when you've when you've been doing it for over seven years. So, uh, but look, I think there is hope. Don't despair, folks. Um, help is help on its way, and it is okay to miss a parkrun day. I think maybe we need to set up Parkrunners Anonymous. Yeah. Um, <laughs> David, I've, I've got a problem. And uh, it is okay to miss a parkrun every now and then, just hopefully not too many. Not too many. <laughs> I think I've got one to, to beat you in terms of closeness to a parkrun. Um, Devonport, um, you've been to Devonport for the paratriathlon yes. and you know the location of the parkrun is like 50 metres away. I do. Yeah, I was officiating down there one Saturday morning and, and saw Park Run happening before my eyes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, here's what I'd suggest, Lyndall. I mean, so I was there at Devonport last year and the timing was, I think, a, it was a Saturday afternoon race. So 
it allowed me to do Devonport Park Run. This year, they changed the timing and I couldn't do it. So I think basically the heads of Park Run in, in globally and the heads of uh, triathlon globally need to get together and on, on the behalf of you and I and countless others, solve these problems. It wouldn't be hard just to schedule it around Park Run so we, we can all be happy. Let's uh, put that on a to-do list, Robbo. <laughs> so, yeah, but no, it's look, it's fantastic. And and I guess the next best option, if you can't get be there on the Saturday morning, you, you try and slide in a freedom run, and that's what I'll, I will try and do when I'm in Montreal uh, next weekend. So uh, stay tuned. I'll hopefully report back that I can at least log a, a freedom run over there. We'll look forward to that report and – We'll have to try our best in, in August when we're over in, in Tokyo as well. Yes. Yep, that's right. No, that'll be that'll be the that'll be the thing to do for sure. Looking forward to it. So Robbo, you were in Japan and we only had one event in Japan when you were there. That's correct. Yeah, so maybe yeah. maybe by the time you guys go back. It'll be saturated. Well, yeah, that's the plan. Well, well, as I like to do, Scotty, and you'll know this, uh, you know, I was already planning Yokohama Park Run, beautiful park uh, where the where the triathlon starts and finishes. Um, so there's a course ready to go if if anyone wants to get in touch and and I can I can point it out. I, I had mapped it out. So I still that's the other thing when you when you when you're going to miss an official park run, I still do try and get up early enough and just do five k somewhere and whack it up on Strava and call it Yokohama Park Run. And I get a few. I get a few people saying, "Is that is that for real? Is that is that launched?" So uh, it sparks a bit of discussion. But in my mind, I feel like I've I'm, I'm scratching the itch just enough to uh, to keep my sanity. Hey, we could we could further your legacy, Robbo. Um, <laughs> we, if you've got some ideas for events in Japan, by all means, uh, let us know. If you've mapped out yep. a few courses already, because you know it's in the early days. You, you'll remember the early days of Parkrun. There's not everybody knows about it. No, 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 that's right. So no, the Yokohama, I don't know how you'd say it, the Yokohamarians, I reckon there's a huge appetite for uh, for one down their way. So, yeah, no, that's no, great. River of a spot, it's a beautiful park there. What's the name of it? I'm just looking it up. Yeah, I don't, I Yama, can't remember. I'm going to go with, gonna go with Yamashita Park. Yes. So we're going to call it Yamashita Park Run, I guess, and it is it is stunning. The roses in the rose in, garden. Yep. Oh, yep. it's beautiful. So I mean, let's effectively we get Renee on the line. We can we can launch this now, basically. Well, so, let's let's commit this episode to memory. So in a few months' time, hopefully, we can go <laughs> back and say, well, that's where Yoko Shama. What, what did you call it? Yamashita. Yeah, Yamashita Park. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, beautiful. Hey, Robbo, speaking of, you were back in the early days of Nui Park Run seven years ago. You just celebrated seven years at yes. Nui Park Run. And um, how have you seen it change over the years? Yeah, it, I've seen it change in a great number of ways and it kind of just it just keeps ticking along. We, we have this, um, as all listeners will know, that part of Park Run where you ask at the start, Maybe ten minutes before we the start, any new timers, any first timers, um, and some somehow there's still people coming out of the woodwork in here in Newcastle, and it's great to see. So you know there's still that steady stream of, of newcomers each week, which is fantastic. But what I reckon, Scotty, I've noticed a lot is just when a park run reaches a certain age, 
um, and I've had this discussion with a few local runners here, but, you know, five years and now six and seven years, the the levels of experience and levels of ability of, of the average park runner, you just you, you throw that um, sheer volume of running at a human body and it can't not help but get better. Yes, we get a bit injured at times and, yes, our training and our you know, participation might fluctuate due to other things going on on in our lives. But on the whole, I think we're all getting not only we're getting fitter, we're getting healthier, but we're also getting a touch faster as well. And you know, those that that uh, pursuit of a of a PB, I guess, is always a bit of a, a carrot that's dangling for people. But um, or or the age age grade percentage trying to you know b- boost that up. So there's always something to be chasing, and I think. Yeah, there's a not that it's a race, and not that it's all about you know the the search for uh, elite competition, but there's certainly a performance element to parkrun, and uh, when an event yeah such as our one here in Newey is is getting to that sort of age, there's you know there's all sorts. It's it's old enough that you've got well you've had you've had a you've had an increase in the population. You know back when we started, some of our current parkrunners weren't even alive, so they've been born in, born into it. Um, I know my my second, well, both my daughters um, have come along ever since uh, that first event. So there's there's a couple of new park runners. So we've got some young kids who are turning into very fast teenagers and then getting into you know very fast early twenties and and we're finding um, obviously the the older adults too, thirties, forties, fifties. You know that's that's the boom. That's when they the kids are all grown up. They've moved out of home. I've got all this bit more spare time and I've still got a bit of fitness and uh and that those age categories into the 60s as well um are really booming too so you know it's great I think we we sort of pride ourselves a little bit on our longevity here in Newcastle and we see um a lot of runners into their 60s 70s 80s we had our very first 90 plus runner in the last uh few months um Gordon Wilson was his name he just turned 90 and he came in did his first park run to celebrate. So he's, he's done a few park runs now and that's really exciting as well. So we celebrate our, our, our elder statesmen and women. And, uh, I for one hope I'm still getting my barcode scanned when I'm Gordon's age. So yeah, it's been great, been great to see ever since that first event with 77 runners. We get a few more than that each, each week, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's still going from strength to strength and people are still hearing about it. I saw Gordon pop up. So how do you how do you discover parkrun in your nineties? Well, it's a good it's a good question. Um, he made the news a little bit locally because he went skydiving uh, to celebrate his ninetieth. He said he's he said he's got a an extreme fear of heights. So he wanted to overcome that, and uh, so he decided to go skydiving. He told me that he gets scared just climbing a ladder. So um, he's just full of energy. Uh, I tried to get all these secrets out of him on a on one of the park runs I did with him. And um, I asked him, yeah, how, how, how did you hear about it? Um, someone from the school that he used to work at, uh, might have been his daughter as well. It's, it's kind of the old chestnut where you hear about it from a few people and then that kind of gets you curious and then maybe you resolve to, to check it out. But, yeah, he got into it and uh, at 90 years young, he, he's looking, you know, looking at uh, – breaking through i think he's broken through the 50 minute barrier now he might as we as as we stand he might even be one of the quickest 90 year olds in the country so yeah it just shows he's nev- never too late he's not a guy that's ever done much running before i think he's kept pretty fit and active in other ways but 
There it was, and, he, and it's on his doorstep. He lives in Carrington, you know, probably a kilometre and a half from the start line, and uh, he's got this fantastic thing, which hopefully, you know, might keep him going for another 10 years or so. We might have our first 100-plus park runner before long. What a terrific story. Found park run in his 90s. Yep, yep, never too late. So good old Gordon. I don't know if he's tuning into the show. Hopefully he is. He's pretty up to date with his technology. So g'day, Gordon, if you're listening. G'day, Gordon. But my, uh, Scotty, my, my frustrations uh, at the moment, well, they carried carried over. I wanted to get a couple of sevens in my uh, my finish time on the seventh birthday. That was kind of the the plan. And I, I got one in there. I got a 17, but didn't get another seven. So left a little bit frustrated. And the other thing, I wanted to come seventh, but I missed out on that as well. But anyway, I got over that. I'll look. I'll work on the eighth uh, for next year. But, but Robo, where did you come? Uh, I think it was fifth in the yeah. end. So. <laughs> now I'm no expert in running, but did you ever think to just slow down? That's that, <laughs> that's how you would have come seventh. Let two people pass you. I, I have been known to uh, ma- yeah manipulate my finish position or finish time at at, at times. Uh, no, I, uh, not that day. I was too too keen to get back to the finish line to get get my first dibs on the on the cake. I think. And look, just touching back on Lauren, um, and you know, representing at the Olympics, is is she a selection for the Olympics yet? So are you um, definitely penciled yeah. in for next year, or has she still got some racing to do to, to get selected? Yeah, yeah, no, um, great question. And for anyone listening as well, I might even just throw in there uh, explaining a little bit about uh, Lauren. So Lauren Parker, she was a former. Um, able-bodied triathlete, one of the best in the world. She'd come second in her age group at the Kona uh, Ironman World Championships um, a couple of years ago. Had a tragic accident on a bike which left her broken and uh, unfortunately, yeah, she severed her spinal cord and so she's now racing paratriathlon um, and she's only very new to the sport, as you know, Lyndall, and so she got the yeah, the bronze medal at the Commonwealth Games last year after about a year's worth of trying to figure out um, how to you know, how to race a paratriathlon and she's getting better and better all the time. But to answer your question, yeah, from from this the upcoming race in Canada, in Montreal, I believe that the points are now uh, accrued to qualify you for the Paralympics. So Lauren's um, actually done so well in her recent races that she's actually ranked third in the world at the moment. So if she maintains that ranking, she should be fine to be selected um, to compete at the Paralympics in Tokyo next year. But one uh, one easy way to guarantee your spot there is to win the test event, I believe, the race that's going to be in Tokyo in August. I think whoever wins um, yeah, in the race that she's in will guarantee their place for the spot um, at the Paralympics the next year. So that would be pretty cool if she could get up and do that just to have the peace of mind. But the way she's going, she well, the goal is to win the World Championships in, uh, in Lausanne in Switzerland this year in September. And she should be getting close to being number one in the world um, if she can do that and, and win a couple of other races. So she's, yeah, she's in a great position. She's only new to it, um, to paratriathlon, and she's getting better and better all the time. And and uh, if I can try and eke out a couple of free seconds by making sure our transitions are, are, are a tiny bit quicker, then that's that's good as well. That's free time that we can peg back. But uh, yeah, she's going really well. I have challenged her while we're talking about park run. I have challenged her to come down to Newey and, and get a time on the board um, with the wheelchair category. So she hasn't leapt to that yet, but we might find a maybe a, a fast 
uh, all concrete course somewhere around our region and we'll see what she can do to to put it in perspective she's she's running because so she runs a 5k um uh or wheelchair racing wheelchair run leg at the end of her races so i looked at her times for a while and i set her a bit of a challenge i said lauren you need to you need to be getting that leg faster than i can run a 5k and because she was so new to the racing chair it took a while for her to pick up that skill but i had her beaten there for a little while with my parkrun pb but she's got me covered well and truly now i think she's down to about 12 and 13 minutes so she's leaving me for dead they certainly fly in those racing wheelchairs, oh, that's it for is sure. Incredible. Yeah, and to yeah. think your arms are doing all the work in the swim and then on the hand cycle in the bike and then, yeah, whatever you got left to, to push on that chair, it is, it's, it's an amazing thing. So, yeah, they're incredible athletes and, and Lauren, you know, right at the top in, in her field. So it's going to be exciting. I'll put it out there now. I, I, I can see her doing very well, all going, all going well um, at the Paralympics next year. So... Get uh, yeah, get following Lauren Parker. That's it. Follow Lauren and follow Robbo. He um, look, he it's it's one area in his life where Robbo um, plays a supporting role. I'm sure there's many Robbo um, to Lauren, but from my perspective as a technical official, triathlon is a very technical sport, and para triathlon just takes it to a whole other level in terms yes. of teamwork and working together to get those transitions tight and to make sure all of your equipment is up to scratch and um, in the right place at the right time. So so um, kudos to you as well, Robbo, for stepping up and doing such a um, a really vital sport, a vital role in a really emerging and exciting sport. Thank you, Linda. Yeah. And uh, if I said I was in it just, just to try and get my most events uh, up on the parkrun t- tally. Well, we know that's not not working out for me, so I'm I'm obviously motivated by more than just that. So, <laughs> but no, that's kind of you to say. And it's great to see your face at these events. Always great to see a face you know uh, when you're in a foreign foreign place, and there's always high pressure. So, seeing your face there is always uh, great as well. So, I look forward to our next time we get to team up um, back in Japan. Absolutely. Well, thanks for joining us this evening on the Parkrun Adventures podcast, Robbo. And we'll uh, see you in Tokyo. Yeah, look, look forward to it, Lyndall. Thanks, Scotty. And, uh, yeah, happy running. Okay, good morning, Parkrun Adventurers. It's Melissa here, and I'm coming to you from Point Cook Parkrun in Victoria. I'm back home, close to home this week, and I've ventured out to return to a run I've done a couple of times before. And I'm here with RD and fellow tourist, Andrew Reynolds. Good morning, Andrew. Good morning, Melissa. How are you? I'm good, thank you. We have a nice morning here at Point Cook. You've been here for a while? Yes, I've been here about four or five years now. I wasn't here quite at the start of the um, Point Cook Park run, but I think um, number 34 was my first time here, and I pretty much haven't missed one since. So describe the course for us, for those who are listening at home. It's a lovely out and back course, two and a half k's out and two and a half k's back, as we all know, for a lovely 5k distance. And um, we run um, sort of a, a, along a gravel path. Um, there's it's a bit of a reserve. Uh, there's a there's a bridge out there. There is a little bit of um, a hill at a point out there, but it, it's um, a, a very gradual hill actually on the last K back, which is kind of subtle, but it actually catches people out. Um, and, you know, has that little bit of extra um, in them to try and uh, push through for a PB. And what are your numbers usually? Uh, we typically get around 120, um, you know, obviously weather dependent, but, you know, there's a very strong, healthy um, 
group here of, of core people and then there's a lot of tourists that do come here as well. And can I ask you a question? Is this actually in Point Cook? No, it's not. <laughs> it's actually outside of the boundaries of Point Cook. I think initially it was known as Point Cook Truganina Park Run and then um, they've shortened it to the Point Cook version and um, yeah we're actually across the other side of the freeway from point cook so it's a a little bit of a a left field naming for it now i know that you're a bit of a tourist and i've seen you've got a few countries up your sleeve haven't you i have actually um i was quite surprised actually to find that of all australian registered park runners um i've done um, the most number of countries and that's um, 11 you hook up um, the park runs you do with major sporting events, is that right? Yes, uh, very much so. Last year I was uh, fortunate enough to uh, be in South Africa at the test match where the ball tampering was going on for a park run to do a Z before Zilmir took off. So I'd already had that plan to get my alphabet lined up with the Z over there. Zanfle park run it is um, in, in Cape Town. And then um, last year I also went to the World Cup and saw Australia play in Russia in Kazan. Um, I say Australia play um, France, actually, in Russia. So that was really good to do the World Cup there and, um, yeah, just tying in different events. And I'm actually now heading off to um, to South Africa to see Australia play the Springboks uh, in July this year. So another couple of countries lined up with Namibia and Swaziland. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. Oh. Um, and, and you also do the same thing around Australia with, uh, with um, events. That's right. I very much like to try and have make a weekend of my uh, trips where I do tourism. So I like to have an event on the uh, Sunday where I either do a half marathon or sometimes a marathon and um, you know, do the park run as well. So get that efficiency there, but also really do get that extra bit of time in the local community. And climbing up the ranks in the um, journey to become statesman as well. How many left? Oh, I've got eight left to do. Uh, Birdsland Reserve I'm doing next weekend uh, works out well for me, a nice local one. Um, got them all mapped out and I think uh, probably early in January next year I'm looking to perhaps do nil as my final one on a road trip to Adelaide. Oh, that's very exciting. Well, all the best with that. No doubt we'll cross paths again soon and thank you for talking to me today. Pleasure. Thank you. I'm starting to get jealous, Lyndall. All these people that get to travel all around the world and tick off new park runs. Or not. Yourself included or not. Yeah, or I not most yeah. of the time. <laughs> yeah. well, so great. Great to hear from Andrew. Hey, um... We've got a new event coming. Yes, we do. And there's always excitement when there's a new event starting with Q because we're welcoming Queen Elizabeth, which is where, Lyndall? It's in Casino in New South Wales. Driving distance apparently from Brisbane. I've got a couple of friends who are eyeing that one off for their Q. Yeah, yeah. As cool as Q is, and Queen Elizabeth is a very royal-sounding name naturally, um, I, I kind of like the idea of a casino park run as well. Yes. We could have had a bit of fun with that. That could have been really fun. Yeah. You might have had to have been over 18 to go to it, and that wouldn't be very good. Um, but it's just a name, and this one's called Queen Elizabeth. So welcome to the park run family, people of Casino. And that's one of the, those regional towns again. So they won't have people that are used to park run. They won't have the the people that know all about it, the tragics. Well, not for their first one, no. but, but that'll grow and Casino will soon be full of addicts like every other parkrun community. Like a few of these who are celebrating their anniversary, Gladstone in Queensland. Hastings Foreshore in Victoria. Gels in Victoria. Mount Helena in Western Australia. And rounding it out with Port Augusta in South Australia. Now, I know you were down here in Melbourne recently and you went to gels and um, we, we had an opportunity to park run together but um the, it didn't align it did not 
No, how, how did you find gels? I like it's gels. One of my favourites. I like gels. I froze. It was very cold. Um, is the main thing I remember. So in all the photos for, of me at gels, I'm rugged up like there's no tomorrow. Um, but it was lovely. Um, nice looped course. Um, it is all. I'm not going to say it's all hills, but it is all gradient. Let's say. Yeah, it's not easy. No, it's not easy. Yeah, I was always surprised when I went there how how hard it was. Never, never really got a good good run in there. Just could never pull it all together. Yeah, well, it's one of those ones that is a bit deceiving because it doesn't look that hilly. No. But um, it's never flat, I don't reckon. I don't think any part of it's flat. I love it. Anniversary. Maybe I'll head back there this weekend. Yvonne, huh? can we go to the gels this week? Because we're free agents this Saturday. We had oh, plans. Right. Plans were cancelled. So I'm, I don't know where I'm going to be. Do you know where you're going this weekend? I don't know where I'm going to be either. Oh. <laughs> this is our hook to tune in for, for next week to find out where we went. So don't say anything more. All right. All right. We'll keep it a secret. Well, it is a secret because yeah. neither of us know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, keep it off socials and don't upload to Strava. Let's see if we can keep it secret until next week. <laughs> okay, <all right>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but the tease from last week was I asked you about your patient zero. You did. Now, well, I'll, I'll quickly explain it. So the patient zero is the first person who planted the seed or who introduced you to Parkrun, who told you about it. Well, I don't – so my patient zero, the person who told me about Parkrun was – I love this story actually. At the time, she was a complete stranger, um, but she is now part of my Parkrun family out at Bunyaville. And what happened was I was um, – I, I wasn't sort of – I was running a lot. I was training for Ironman at the time. It was – um, and I'd do a lot of long runs round through New Farm Park. And after a couple of times of seeing all these people there at 7 o'clock and a little pop-up and flags and people in orange vests, I plucked up the courage to, to ask this lady um, who was marshalling on the course what was going on. Um, and so she told me about Park Run and said, they've only just started, you can catch them. So she obviously had not seen me running and didn't realise that I wasn't a very fast runner and I probably wouldn't have caught anybody. Um, but I, so I politely declined and, and went on my way. Um, but not long after that, a friend of mine suggested that we go along to Park Run. And so we did go along to New Farm Park Run and did our very first Park Run. Um, and so my patient zero is Tess Odsey, um, who is now one of the run directors out at Bunyaville. And I've told her that story and I don't think she quite believes me that it was her, but I'm very, very certain that it was her. She was so happy and welcoming and, and so sure that I could run fast enough to catch the field that um, I remembered her. And when I lobbed up at Bunyaville a few years later, I immediately remembered and, and told her that story. So so that's my patient zero story. Yeah. Do you reckon you've been a patient zero to a few other people, Linda? Oh, probably. I talk to anyone that will <laughs> listen about Parkrun. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, my husband's done a few park runs since I've started park running. Okay. Um, actually, no, I yes, I think I have. I've got friends who live up the coast and um, they are now um, – they came to Bunyaville a couple of years ago when I did my 50th park run. It was also on my birthday, so they ventured down to run with me at Bunyaville. 
And they are now avid park runners and, and go to Nambour Park Run quite regularly. So there you go. You gotta plant the seed somewhere. So for you it was just some random marshal or volunteer on the day who converted you into this now host of the Park Run podcast. Yeah, <laughs> look how far <laughs> I've come. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I've ever told the story of my patient zero. Um, but do you remember back before Facebook? Like, it, it did exist. There was a time before Facebook. There was? Used, yeah, there was. We used to get our, like, I won't go back too far. I won't <laughs> go back to, like, bulletin boards and stuff like that. But it was a, sort of a progression of that. You had, like, message boards or yes. you had chat room sort of things. So if you were a runner back in the day, you were on these running forums and running message boards. And I was following one of them and, and uh, believe it or not, I used to have a blog. So back when, back when blogging was a thing, was even a thing, I used to be one of those nauseating people that wrote about every run they did. Um, similar to what we're doing now, a podcast telling you about <laughs> every run I, I, I go on. Um, <laughs> But yes, I had a blog, and when you when you blog, you connect to other people who blog, and so on and so forth. So there was this um, blogger that I met. Her name was Emma, and I enjoyed her writing, and she was local to Melbourne. So we we followed each other, and then um, she had a friend who I'm not. I'd have to check. I'm not sure if she was blogging as well. She had a friend who was bringing this park run concept to Albert Park, and um, she was trying to help her promote it. So she she put this parkrun concept on on these message boards and says you should all register, you should all come down and find out about it. Luckily for me, I registered really early um, and found out about it really early. So it took me it took me a while to actually get there. But she was yes. she was my patient zero. Um, and really small world. So that friend of hers was Carol Cunningham, who is now our head of volunteer management. At Parkrun. Is that right? It is. Someone who I call a dear friend who has rejected my many attempts to come on the podcast and tell her story because Carol herself, she would be a patient zero to hundreds of people because not only did she start up Albert Melbourne, she started up Singapore. So she's patient zero to a whole country. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> you know, we, we, we poached her from China. But I reckon if we left her in China long enough, she would have. She probably would have started Parkrun China. Um, so look, bear with me. I'll keep working on her, but I'd love to hear her story. But so on that note, Lyndall, uh, I nearly said Mel. Uh, let's wrap up our second episode together. Are you ready to come back next week? I can come back next week. Yeah, I think we need to do things in at least threes. So you'll be back for episode 162 and um, I look forward to chatting to you then. All right. Sounds like a deal.